Good morning, everyone. So good to see everybody. Even those of you that are out in the lobby, good to see you today. <laughs> Making your way in. So um, today's a very special day. It's Meredith's birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Meredith, happy birthday to you.
so good morning. We are um, introducing a new song to you guys today. It's called Heaven Invade, and it's just as exciting as that last song. So I want you guys to clap. I know you may not know the song, but I want you guys to clap, keep smiling, you know, move a little bit, get excited. Um, I absolutely love the bridge of this song. It says, my heart starts to race and I can't contain the feeling of joy being in your presence. I can't help but dance, can't help but sing, and I don't really care what anyone thinks. So remember that as we're singing it. Don't care what anybody thinks, just get excited, right?
All right, let's just pray over the rest of the service. God, we thank you today. We thank you for, for sending your presence, for sending Jesus. And God, we just pray today that the situations we may be going through, God, um, as we sing this next song and it talks about Egypt and how you reach your hand down and you pull us out of those situations. So God, I just pray, I pray right now, if any of you have, have these situations or, or things that you're going through, just give them to God. Just let him reach down and pick you up and pull you out because we have hope in Jesus.
Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Just keep worshiping here for a moment. Um, you know, there are times in the midst of worship, there is uh, uh, this weightiness of His presence. And last week I talked about um, uh, worship is uh, warfare. And it is the time when we have the ability to press in and to experience a release of some of the, the things that are holding us back. It is a time to, to press in and, and receive from God uh, a deposit of His presence so uh, so significant that literally it has the ability to push out all the things that are getting in the way of what God wants to do. And I'd like to, just, to sing through this again. And if you, if you need prayer, um, if you need uh, someone to agree with you in prayer, I would like you to just come up here to the front and someone will join with you in prayer. They'll begin to pray for you. They'll pray that God would touch you and your body. Whatever it is, be willing to share with them what you need today from God. And we're going to agree together as God's presence is here. And we're just going to experience an outpouring of His presence here for a moment. So uh, continue worshiping.
Jesus. Praise God. I love God's presence and uh, uh, what he does uh, in us. And uh, we're just, just going to take a moment here um, to greet one another as our worship team is uh, stepping down there. And so just want to thank you all for coming out today. And God bless you. Love on one another here for a moment. So... Praise God. Is that on? Yep, it's on. Praise God. Uh, you can be seated here. Um, we do have uh, one of those special moments, uh, uh, not just with us getting to sing to Meredith today, so uh, uh, praise God. That was a special moment, but we also have a, a special moment in that um, uh, we have a special number from some individuals that have put this together to bless us, and so we just want to greet you all with that today and let us enjoy the ministry here. Just give me one second. Uh, well, we just want to continue in an attitude of atmosphere worship. I want to thank uh, Pastor for this wonderful series on worship. And so we're just going to ex uh, continue in that atmosphere and experience some different types of worship. Um, as we go into this, I wanted to share this, that this impact of this uh, worship series has on me. I know um, at least uh, this week, I've been reminded of this important truth that while God has never promised us perfect circumstances in life, what he has promised us is this his perfect peace through any circumstance we face and that's because of and through our relationship with jesus christ and he's given us his wonderful promises in his word that we can exchange any worry and anxiety any fear that we have for his peace and one of the greatest ways and vehicles and avenues we do that is through worship and communication with him and so this morning, we want to invite you, as we enter into some different types of worship this morning, if that's you, if you've come in this place this morning with some anxiety, any worry, any fear, you know, the world around us considers it an unavoidable practice. And it's exactly what Satan wants us to be consumed with today. But it's exactly what God wants us to be free from. Amen. He wants us to be free from any worry, any anxiety, any fear. God is not moved by circumstances, but what God has moved it by is our faith and our trust in Him. And so this morning we want to invite you as we continue in worship through some scripture reading and song, we invite you to make that divine exchange. Give God any worries, anxieties, or fears today and worship Him and see that God's greatness will overcome anything in this life. Amen. Okay, so we're going to do the scripture reading together. 
So in your pews in front of you, there's a hymnal book, and we'd like to invite you to join with us to open that book to page 624. And uh, it, you know, it's a type of worship to worship together and read God's word uh, in a corporate setting. So we're turning to page 624 in the hymnal. And as you're turning to this, I want to just give a real quick background of the scripture reading. This is from 1 Chronicles where King David has instructed the people of Israel to bring the ark of the Lord. God's manifest presence in the Old Testament was encapsulated in the ark of the Lord. And they were celebrating that moment where they were bringing the presence of the Lord into the city of David. And one of the first things that David said, he had recently been anointed king officially by the people. And one of the first things that David said to the people, he said, if it seems right to you and seems right to God, let us bring the ark of the Lord near us. Because in the days of Saul, it was not sought as it is now. And David sought the Lord. And David had been through great trials and tribulations from the moment he was a young boy anointed by uh, in, the, in the fields as king. There were many years in between, between God's promise to him and the manifestation of that. Yes. And yes. what did David want to do first and foremost? He wanted to bring the presence of God near. And you and I today, if we feel like there's nothing I can praise God about today, let's at least praise God. Yes that because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to worship God from afar in the ark, but he's in us through the blood of Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. So as we read this scripture together, this is number 68 on page 624. And I will be be reading the light uh, print and then you as a congregation will respond in the bold, sentence okay all right okay so sing unto the Lord all the earth show forth from day to day his salvation declare his glory among the heathen his marvelous works among all nations for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised he also is to be feared above all gods For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. The world also shall be stable, that it be not moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. And let men say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof. Let the fields rejoice, and all that is therein. Then shall the trees of the woods sing out at the presence of the Lord, because he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. O 
come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Praise you, Lord, for your word, your holy written word. Now, these wonderful women of God today are going to bless us. We're going to continue in an attitude of worship as they lead us into a beautiful worship.
Great job, ladies. And Willie. And Lou. Lou never gets acknowledged because he's hidden in the back there. But uh... Praise God. What a beautiful tone. Praise God. You all good today? Is, is God still on your throne, on the throne of your life? Amen. Praise God. I want to uh, launch into a, uh, just a new theme uh, for today. And I say a new theme because um, this is it for, you know, leading up to Thanksgiving because next week we are blessed to have um, uh, our traveling evangelist, uh, Blaine Bowman, uh, and his wife, Christine, with us. That'll be with us next Sunday. And so we'll be blessed with their ministry. Um, so just want you to be aware of that. And then... Uh, Pastor Willie's going to be bringing a message that following week, and so, um, so this is my, uh, my opportunity to be able to challenge you with a couple things, and, and leading into it, I want to just uh, share this. Uh, um, I know a lot of things are different this year for coming into Thanksgiving because uh, a lot of family events have been canceled. Um, people aren't sure what they're going to do. Um, what we're going to do is on Thanksgiving Day, and we'll have more details probably uh, by next Sunday, um, we're actually going to offer a Thanksgiving meal for our church. We're not doing this as an outreach for our church um, downstairs in the fellowship hall. For the, uh, My family's helping to organize this. Really, Tia and Tabitha are the ones that are engineering this. And uh, um, if you are interested in uh, a Thanksgiving meal... Um, on that day, we want to make sure nobody is alone on Thanksgiving Day. And, and because of everything being canceled, we know some were going to be doing that. So if you would like to be part of a Thanksgiving meal, we're going to try to get a couple of football games up on the TV down there. And that way we'll, uh, we'll make it as, feel as, as home. Maybe we can even pull up an old version of the Rose Parade since they've uh, canceled that. So, uh, uh, but anyways, we just want you to be aware of what, what we're going to do. And so that's Thanksgiving Day. I don't have the exact time on it, uh, but that, you know, we'll get that all to you. It'll be in the, on the crew app and some of those things, so just be aware of that. And we're also going to give you an opportunity if you'd like to bring some uh, food items in on that for those that are doing that, uh, going to be part. So be paying attention to that as we lead up to it. We're excited about being able to bless you this Thanksgiving, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Also, Next Sunday is technically um, the last Sunday service that you can bring in your Operation Christmas Child boxes. Now, we don't deliver them until Wednesday that week, 
um, normally, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. And so if for some reason something happened and you're listening and you're not going to be here next Sunday, you can still get them in either this week or um, talk to me and we'll try to set something up. But we, next Sunday, we're going to have a time of prayer blessing all the boxes. I know a number of you picked up uh, boxes last week. There's still a few more that are there. Um, we'd like to get all those picked up and filled uh, this week. And uh, there's some great videos. You can pull up Operation Christmas Child, and it tells you, um, that gives you a little thing about all the different videos that you want to, or tells you all the different things you can put in your box, all the things you can't um, because of shipping it um, uh, overseas and stuff and some of the different regulations or certain things that cannot be put in there, uh, like food items and things like that. So just be aware there's some different things that you can do to make this a really special box. There's labels there that you put all the, you, you identify, you'll just tape it to the box, uh, you identify what is in there. Now, one of the things that they did share, it's very important, please don't so overpack your box that you can't shut the lid. Because here's what happens. When it gets to the destination, anything that doesn't fit in the box with it shuts, they pull it out and they put it in other boxes. Now, it just blesses more kids. They, the boxes have to be able to shut. They seal them so that when they're, they're put into these huge shipping containers and shipped uh, uh, to different areas. So they just want to make sure everything fits nicely. And I just want you to be aware of that. Some of you are, are so loving and you literally over pack that boxes and you put like 18 band-aids or um, uh, you know, rubber bands on it to make sure it stays closed. Now listen, just hear me, just do two boxes and then you get to love two kids instead of fit, trying to fit everything into one. So, all right, you got me on that? Call me if you have any questions and we can help you on that. But today I'd like to talk about uh, the topic of when will we learn to be thankful? How many of you have ever been identified as stubborn, tough learning. You, you, like, you have to go some, through something a few times before you really learn what they're trying to say. Um, sometimes, you know, when we're children, um, you know, there's a few disciplinary moments because we've been told something time and time again, and we haven't actually picked up on the, the lesson being taught to us. Um, I, I'm being reminded of that now that we have little kids at home and, and mom and dad are, are, are working with these little ones trying to learn certain concepts. And, and it is amazing, I probably was similar to this when they were, my kids were young, how much that like tortures me hearing children uh, being disciplined and crying and stuff like that. It's like, I just want to run in there and fix their problems. And, and what I have to do is run away so they can learn the lesson. And, and that's the truth about all of us. Sometimes God has to come in and, and bring some discipline uh, to teach us a valuable lesson because in order for him to take us to that next place in life, we have to learn the things that he's trying to teach us today. One of those lessons that I believe that God struggles teaching us as his children, and we have to keep going through different cycles, is this, this thought process on being thankful. This thought process on being thankful. And so today I'd like to challenge you in some different um, thoughts around this. I, I'd like you to 
focus a little bit on some of the different things that we talk about. Normally, once we hit November 1st, what happens is a lot of people start doing these, these uh, projects, these um, challenges, to see if you can come up with 30 different things over the next 30 days to be thankful for. How many of you have ever done that? You've taken every day in the month of November to communicate something you're thankful for, you know? I've done them. I've challenged people to do them. Um, and they've been good for me. But what happens when December 1st comes? We stop. <laughs> As if we have nothing else to be thankful for. So this, this last week as I was reading on this topic, I found this list. And... Um, it's really funny because, you know, for those that struggle with finding things to be thankful for, and, and you don't have to identify yourself, sometimes we all fall into that, whether we acknowledge it or not, but I found this great list of things that if you're struggling to be thankful for something, here's are some things that you can be thankful for. Gaining weight. How many of you can be thankful for gaining weight this year already, you know, at least 30 pounds, you know? You know, they, uh, you know, they talk about the number of pounds that people have gained over this COVID uh, season. Um, uh, the, they're factoring on about 2,020 pounds, I think, is what they're saying. No, that's the year. Sorry. Um, so gaining weight, we can be thankful for. Um, we can be thankful that we've stopped exercising and wasting more time. Are we thankful for that? Now, I know some of these sound silly, but just... Just work with me here. Reading less, making you because because it makes you think. Why in the world we want to read more if we're gonna if it makes us think more? Um, we can be thankful that we've had the opportunity to watch more TV. Look at all the things that we'd miss out on if we you know didn't spend more time watching TV. That we've been able to procrastinate more. Um, that we've been able to stop bringing um, our lunch uh, from home because now we're eating at home every day. Um, you know, we uh, get to be thankful that we're in a whole new rut. Um, we get to be thankful that we spend our summer vacation in cyberspace, um, that we get to eat cloned meat, um, that we uh, have lots of loose ends, that we get to buy more toys, because yeah, they have proven over this uh, last 10, uh, you know, nine months, whatever it is, I don't know, this last 18 years of COVID, that uh, we've actually bought more stuff that we didn't need because we're home a lot and people are shopping online a lot. And no one judges them when they shop online, so they just buy more stuff. Um, they, uh, we get to be thankful that we believe every politician for what they say. Um, we get to be thankful that we break at least, you know, one traffic laws. Uh, that we get to swim with piranhas and sharks. We can be thankful for those things, right? We get to uh, be thankful that we uh, uh, get to uh, spread our priorities out and not actually focus on them. Uh, that we get to wait for more opportunities and just uh, uh, not really focus on the things that are important today. Um, focus on the faults of others. That's a really good thing to be thankful for, right? That we get to mope our own faults. So I, I started going through this list. I think, oh man, are these things that we really have to be thankful for? No, not really. But you know what I realized? Is we actually comment about these things more 
in our social media interaction, in our, in our posts with other people, we actually talk about these items more than all the things that we're thankful for. So I know it sounds ridiculous to say, why in the world is the pastor telling us to be thankful for these things? And it's primarily because it's actually what we talk about. We spend our time complaining more about all the things that have gone on in our life that are bad or not good or not what we wanted, rather than intentionally focusing our lives on the things that we can truly be thankful for. And sometimes we think, well, the things that God has done for me this week are just so small, I'm really just not sure that it really brings God glory. And so then we whine and complain. Because that brings God's glory, right? When we sit around and whine and complain, God really is elevated in our life. If you remember back at the children of Israel, what happened to them when they were whining and complaining? You know, God's judgment came on them. So if we are wondering why we're stuck in this place in life that we are, maybe it's because that's actually what we've asked God for because we're not giving him the glory due his name. You know, I tell, you, I tell people all the time, you get what you actually request in life. If you complain about life, life will continue to go that path for you. I know individuals that have nothing good to ever say about their life, and as a result, nothing good ever actually happens because they, they already declare it every day. Oh, it's going to go bad for me. I know it. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to do this. And, and, and as they begin to declare it, these things come on them. And church, I want you to know, whether you believe it or not, that you actually have so much power in your words, that as you begin to talk about being sick, you can make yourself sick. You have so much power that as you begin talking about things breaking down in your life, it's amazing what things will start to break down in your life. So I want to challenge you to begin to, to transform your thought process. My challenge for us is that we must begin to rewire our brains for thankfulness. We have to rewire our brains for thankfulness. A couple years ago, we did a, a book, I think it was Carolyn Leaf, talking about rewiring our brains, uh, transforming our thoughts, because God wants to do something very special for us, and in order for him to do it, we have to change how we think. And one of the comments that she dealt with is that it takes about 21 days to establish a pattern in our, in our brains. It takes about 21 days for us to establish a new routine. How, how many of you have ever experienced that? You know, the, one of the things that they've proven with like our New Year's resolutions is most people on, on New Year's Day create this list of things that they want to accomplish. And, and how many days does it take before people give up on those resolutions? Anybody know? The, the numbers are between two and five days. Some quit by day two, some make it up to day five. And they've quit. And if it takes 21 days just to begin to rewire our brains, 
How many of us are going to be successful in days two to five? Now, if you've ever been involved in weightlifting, when somebody gets into working out, any kind of working out, really, day two and three are some of the most painful days of the whole process. It makes you think, why in the world am I doing this? This is stupid. I hurt. You're trying to get out of bed and you think, that was the dumbest decision I ever made. And you, you really start downing yourself because all of a sudden you hurt for trying to do something good for your body. And so we quit. Or we decide we're going to eat healthy. And, and let's just be honest, eating healthy costs more money. You can go and get a 99-cent cheeseburger and fries for 99 cents at McDonald's, a small fry. It might be buck and a half now. I don't know. I haven't bought at McDonald's for a while. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. We could tell who's been there recently. <laughs> but how much, do you know how much it costs for you to buy a salad at McDonald's? Huh? For something? Uh, so I've heard some of them are up to $8 for a salad. You know? So why would someone spend, you know, anywhere from 5 to $8 for a salad when they can have a 99-cent cheeseburger that they're not sure what it's made out of? You know? See, it, I mean, we experienced that in our household with Tabitha growing up. Tabitha was one of those kids that loved fruits and vegetables. Now, I know she came from Nancy and I, but, you know, I'm not sure where she got those leanings. But they cost more money. It cost, it, it raised our, our grocery bill growing up, probably doubled it at times, because there, it costs so much money. How many experience it when you go and buy fruits and vegetables, and you get this small little portion here, and you're thinking, that's just, you just spent 30 bucks. Or... You get this equally portion of ground beef for, you know, like 18. So what do people do? You know, my grandkids are like that. They can, de they can devour fruit. They love it. And I'm glad it's so good for them. It's so healthy for them. But see, our society has set it up to where really, if you're going to eat healthy, it costs more money. But if you want to eat terrible things, you can spend a dollar and a half to two dollars on a bag of potato chips. We know they're not good for you. It costs money. So we get stuck on these things. So I want to challenge you. If you're going to transform your thought process, it's going to take time. It's going to take intentional effort for you to begin to think and do things not just today, not just this week, not just this month. The 21-day process begins to establish the patterns that our bodies, that our brains can believe what we're saying can actually happen. From then, it actually takes real work to make sure it happens every day. And so I believe that if you want to uh, challenge yourself, if you want to really begin to see, see God do something, you take this 21-day process and you make it a, a decision that your lifestyle is going to be something where you every day find something to be thankful for. 
The 21 days, I believe, is the priming of the pump. But if we don't continue the process, we lose the progress. Okay? If we don't continue the process of being thankful, we will lose any progress we've made. You may not realize this, but the United States of America started out thanking God for our rights and moving to a place that even they deny that there is a God to thank. See, this isn't a political post. This is a reality that our nation, that once was a Christian nation, now fights with this, this reality, this possibility that there is even a God. And it's because we've moved away from acknowledging who God truly is. Today I'd like to share with you a few scriptures that I believe are, are some of the core lessons that will help us to begin to rewire our thought process. And one of them, our first one that I'm going to share with you is, is really, it's, it's one of those interesting ones because the Apostle Paul wrote this uh, to the church in Philippi while he was in prison. He penned these words, and they're so powerful. Your, my first challenge for you, really, and it's really what this message is all about, is just be thankful. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Think about it. In everything, is there any gap for something when he, when he puts everything there? Uh, the Greek word for everything is literally everything. It's all of it. It's, it's everything in your life. In everything, be thankful. In everything, let your prayer, supplications, and thanksgiving be known to God. See, God commands us in Psalm 104 to enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. If we were to narrow down the gate of God to be the entrance of his church, now I know that it, the gates of God are really wider than that, but I, let's narrow it down to say God's, the entrance into God's presence is when you enter the doors of this sanctuary. How many of you would qualify with that you've entered this house every single time you've come in with thanksgiving in your hearts. It would be a, a tall order, wouldn't it? How many times have we come into God's house thinking about everything else other than giving thanks to God? Now, I know that our lives are filled with lots of stuff, but remember what I said earlier, that which fills our mind determines our path. And if we allow our, our mind to be consumed with every wrong thing, every bad thing, everything that's going on in our life that is not where we want it, that's what we're going to continue to replicate. And God says, enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Somehow in the process of life, we have to begin to change how we think. And even if things are not going the way we wanted, we determine that we will give thanks to God. Now the reality is, the doors of this church are not actually entering into the house of God. It's actually 
It's a very personal entrance entering into the house of God. As I was doing further study on this, I'd like to share just a couple different passages that that narrow down the gates of God to a a very personal space for us. Ephesians 2.22 says, In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. John 14, 23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. We literally are the house of God, his presence. We're we're referred to in the New Testament as the temple of God. And so there is this, this new obligation that is being placed upon believers that the enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts that we have to to physically picture that our lives represent the house of God and when we wake up in the morning we need to enter this house with thanksgiving in our hearts what would happen if every morning we got out of bed and the first thing that we did is enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts sometimes it's being thankful Lord I thank you that I was able to get out of bed today It doesn't matter what is going on from that point forward. It is being thankful that you are entering his house with the ability to praise him. I thank you, God, that I'm going to get to go upstairs and have a cup of coffee. I'm going to get to have some breakfast. I'm going to get to see my family. I am thankful for those things. It doesn't matter what else I have to do today. I have chosen to make thankfulness the first part of my day. And not just the first part of our day, it is actually choosing to be thankful in every part of our day. Do you know what the number one turnoff for for, uh, non-Christians as they encounter believers in the world? Do you know what the number one turnoff is? You can help me share some examples. Not happiness. No, I'm, we're talking turnoffs. What makes people not want to actually become a Christian? Complaining that we are not a thankful people. <laughs> Some people say, well, it's probably the hypocrisy because we don't live out all the things, you know, that we say. But the reality is that's important, that's significant, but it's the unthankful attitude that so many Christians experience or share How many times have you been gathered around a bunch of other uh, people who may not know Christ and you've been whining and complaining and acting like God's not on the throne? Why would somebody want to experience or encounter the God that you promote you live for out in the world? That I live for. You know, I have to think about that every time I am doing an activity, wherever it may be. Am I honoring God? Will this lead someone into wanting to experience the God I promote? If God truly represents that significant piece of our lives that we are most thankful for, then our lives, there should be this aroma of thankfulness that begins to flow from our lives everywhere we go. 
You know, it's, it's that reminder that when we step on a flower, there is a fragrance that is dispersed, even in the midst of pain. Even in the midst of destruction, there is pain. You think of Christ on the cross, and you know, he's, he's nailed to the cross, he'd just been abused, and in the midst of that, there is this fragrance of grace. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. How in the world can, can Jesus, in the midst of a time when he had every right to be angry at the world around him, he, he, he allows this dispersion of love? God, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The Apostle Paul goes on to say that once we enter into this mode of living, this mode of, of being thankful, he says that we have the ability to make our requests be made known unto God. We have the ability to declare to God the things that, that we want Him to do in our lives. And then he says something very powerful. He says... God will fill us with peace, and then he will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is this protective shield against the snares of the enemy that makes us want to become discontent once we present God with our request. I think it's important for us to understand that, that God doesn't immediately say that once we present our needs to him, that he's immediately going to answer all these requests. But he does say that once we, we enter into his courts with thanksgiving, and then we let our requests be made known to him, that there is a peace that begins to fill our hearts, and his peace will guard us it, it, the peace of God is a trust enhancer. It is a protective peace that comes into our life that gives us the ability to withstand the onslaught, the onslaught of the enemy, the, the battle that comes against us, the fight that is coming at us, so that we have the ability to withstand everything the enemy throws at us. Church, God is not a sugar daddy. God is not going to grant every request you throw at him, even if you are full of thanksgiving. But what he will do is he will fill your hearts with such a level of peace and his presence that regardless of what happens next, you're at a place of acceptance, knowing that God's got this. Now I'll tell you, God has more than adequately met the needs of my life throughout it. I've never been without. I am thankful that I have not always gotten everything that I asked for. Can I be honest? There was a time when I was in college, I was so desperate to get married. Is there anybody else that's ever been there? <laughs> I, was, I was desperate to get married. I was approaching my senior year in Bible college, and when I got into Bible college, they said a ring by spring or your money back. And I'd experienced three springs already, approaching my fourth spring, and I'm thinking, Lord, if you're going to move, <laughs> this is the year. And, and I forced myself into a relationship. 
I forced myself into a relationship, got engaged. And one week into this engagement, I'm sitting down with this young lady, and we both acknowledge there is nothing right about this. <laughs> and we broke that off that, that into that first week, and we realized we're trying to force something that was not part of God's plan. And I am so thankful that we did. We ended up still being friends, even though we could have destroyed each other. And we would have, because we were not right for each other. But I wanted it so bad that I was willing to force God's hand at it. Now, would have God have held me accountable to that relationship if I'd have forced it? Absolutely, He would have. <laughs> Let me just tell you that when you get outside of God's plan, you still end up with what you're delivered. <laughs> it's still part of the process. And then you have to learn to adjust and live with, is it God's second best? Well, it, it has now become what God's got for you because you forced it. Sometimes God wants to bless us more than what we have, but we won't let him. We want it the way we want it. And so God lets us. God is such a great, a gracious God that he actually lets us have exactly what we want when we go out and force it. Now, God sent plenty of roadblocks along the way to let me know this wasn't right, but I bought a ring anyways. I was going to make it happen. But praise God, we both sat down, and after prayer, we said this was not right, and we broke it off. And I'm thankful today for that. My, my wife and I would not be in this position that we are had I had forced God's hand. And so I want to encourage you, waiting on the blessings of God is so much better, but being thankful with where God has you is the key. And I wasn't for that period of my life. I wasn't thankful for where I was at in God. I just thought, God, there is no reason that this should be single. You ever thought that? God, you know, <laughs> look at all this, you know, who wouldn't want this? And, and we try to force God's hand. And church, I am thankful that God doesn't just give us everything we ask. One other passage of Scripture here I'd like to share that really ties this whole process together. Actually, a few more. But this next one is guiding this latter half of the message. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It really sets in the pattern really how we need to take this thankfulness to the next place. He says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The children of God are expected to abound or overflow in a gratitude. Another word for gratitude is thankfulness. He says, rejoice, pray without ceasing, so, again, he's setting a pattern. He's not telling us that we can only do this on Sunday morning. He's actually saying, listen, you need to do this all the time. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Now, this is a serious question. How in the world do we pray without ceasing? You can give me your answers. You can fill me. My wife. Amen. Amen. So what, are you telling me that our, the prayer life needs to actually be on our mind all the time? Yeah. 
It's like someone coming up to you and they say, uh, Caleb, I'm going to use you, okay, brother? Someone walks up to you at Kroger's and they say, uh, hey, Caleb, I'm really struggling in my life right now. I've got these things that are happening and I just, I just appreciate if you pray for me. Now, Caleb has two opportunities here to respond. The standard response of most believers is this. Hey, I'll remember you in my prayer, and they walk away. How many of you have ever done that? Okay. The other response, which actually is probably more beneficial, is you grab them by the hand and say, hey, let's pray. And they look at you. It's like, we're in the middle of Kroger's. It's like, hey, God's still here. You know? And let's, let's pray right now because this way... I'm going to be honest, sometimes people have come to me and say, hey, pastor, will you pray for me about this? And I forget until the next time I see them. Now, don't judge me. You probably have done the same thing. Just because someone tells me something in passing doesn't mean that I remember it every time. But I tell you what, those that I take a moment at that time, someone came to me the other day and they were sharing, hey, um, we were in a, a meeting and they said, hey, my... Uh, um, dad has uh, had a heart attack and he's struggling and, and um, I said here let's pray right now because I knew then I wouldn't forget and one of the things that it does is it, it actually in the middle of this meeting that I was in as I began to pray for this person every person around us got quiet <laughs> and, and what happens is you begin to promote the presence of God in that place now, you're not doing it to become the, the focal point of this moment, but what you're doing it is to honor what has just been asked of you, and it's because your, your mind is in this, this continual thought process that I can pray anytime. You know, they used to have a, a, a crank on the front of a car that in order to start it, didn't matter what time of year, you had to go out to the front of this car and you had to crank this lever to see if it would turn the engine over. Now the reality is, the colder it was, the more cranks it took. They also had times back in the day that they, in order to have running water, they had to prime the pump and you had to go out and you had to, this lever on your pump and you had to begin to pump it up and down to get water out. How many of you have ever used one of those? Now, the thing that it happens is it doesn't come out the first time. You start pumping this baby up and down. And it takes a while to get that water up. If your prayer life is one that you have to prime the pump or you have to crank the front, the front of the engine to get it out, you need to change that. In order for you to pray without ceasing, prayer needs to be on your mind all the time. Paul was writing to the person at the church at Colossae, and I and I want to share just a couple of passages that really talk about some of the things that begin to happen as Paul was saying about this this being in an attitude of thankfulness. Paul really taught about how we need to spend our lives being thankful, and and if you are not familiar with it, Paul spent a lot of time in prison. In, in Colossians 2.7, he says, Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were 
abounding in thanksgiving. Again, this, this thought process that thanksgiving needs to be something continually flowing from our lives. Colossians 3, 15 and 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. 17. And whatever you do in word or do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 4.2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So many people want to know the, the true key to being thankful, and yet they miss the reality that being thankful requires us to live in an attitude, in a mindset of always being thankful. Thessalonians tells us that God's will for us is to give thanks. He says that's what the will of God is for you in your life, is to give thanks. If we were to go back to that 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In all circumstances, your, your responsibility is to give thanks. Now, God is not saying to be thankful for everything that happens. A couple weeks ago, Tori's car uh, died out in South Dakota. And uh, I, as a dad, that was one of those challenging pieces for me because I couldn't be there to fix her problem. As a dad, that is my... That is my MO. I go in there to rescue my kids when they have these moments. And, and I am so thankful that God sent people to take care of her. And she had multiple people loaning her cars to, to fix the problem. People responded. They came and picked her up. You know, they did everything that was necessary to take care of her. See, God is, I could be thankful in the reality that even though her car broke down, God had her in the palm of his hand. He took care of her. I was, you know, I was, you know, 15, 1,400 miles away from her, however many miles it is, and yet God was not far from her. And God took care of her. And he, and he took care of her all along the way, and she's in another car now, and, and God's grace was present through the whole process. See, it's not being thankful for, it's being thankful in. See, I, there, let's, just, let's just be honest. There are going to be things break down in life. There are going to be meals that burn. How many of you have ever had a, a big uh, you know, dinner date with somebody and the meal burned? And you ended up with pizza. And some people might rejoice in ending up with pizza. I don't know. But, but sometimes things fall apart. Things tear. Things happen. You know, I've been, you know, for me, I'm one of those guys, I really don't like stains. If I get a stain on a piece of clothing, I, I typically, if it doesn't come out in the wash, that is no longer going to be useful. <laughs> it, and, um, and what bothers me is there are times that I've been out at an event and I had one outfit, you know, and I dumped something down myself. And it's like, oh, Jesus, I thank you. <laughs> that not everybody is staring at this spot on my shirt. Now, I mean, I, I, it would not be uncommon for me to call my wife and say, hey, will you bring me another shirt? <laughs> it would not be uncommon. I have done that before. But I didn't in this moment because she was with me. Um, but I'm just going to be honest. 
those things overwhelm our thought processes. And so we have to learn to be thankful in every situation. And that's why it's, it's okay, it's good to be thankful the first you know, few days of the month of November. It's good to be thankful the whole month of November. But if we don't develop a lifestyle of thankfulness, we will fall short of actually experiencing the transformation that needs to happen. Romans 12, 1 and 2 probably is one of the greatest passages that talk about this. It says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, and he really not, doesn't just mean men. I, I just want you to know, ladies, you're not off the hook here. It says, I appeal, appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you don't get through the process of transformation, we simply continue replicating a broken thought process. And from the, the, the garden when Adam and Eve fell, there became a broken pattern of thought that entered into our minds. And all we do until we enter into this attitude of thankfulness is replicate this broken thought pattern. We never end up at the final destination that God has for us because our minds are fixated on all the broken things of life. And if we can transform our thoughts through the renewal process of God's presence and we allow that to become something where not just in the 21-day window, but it becomes a, a process of life that every day we find something to thank God in. When something breaks in your life, allow your mind to actually go to a place of thanking God for something that, he, that you can experience today. And what will happen is, is the enemy will lose the authority, he'll lose the power that, that that brokenness gives him, and you will become a vessel of honor for God that he is able to pour out his peace in your life. See, if you realize that, going back to our earlier passages, that, that when we don't allow thought thankfulness to be present... We actually don't open up the floodgates of heaven and allow his peace to be poured in. See, God pours in his peace when we give thanks. God pours in his joy when we, when we choose to be thankful in life. Rejoice always. There is, I, I, now I, I know some of you are thinking, is there really something that I can give God thanks for and rejoice in every day of life? there is probably more than one thing that you can give God thanks for and rejoice in. You know, there are so many. I don't care how bad something may be in the world. There is something today. There is actually, if you spent time, you could fill books up with the things that you can literally give thanks to God for in your life. Some of them, they might be silly things. You know, earlier this uh, summer... Tabitha planted a bunch of pumpkins and stuff like that in her front yard. It was the only thing I had found that I could grow there was weeds. We mulched it, you know. We actually bought expensive mulch, put all the weed barrier, bought the really thick weed barrier down, put all this nice expensive mulch down. And you know what happened? We were gone for one week. I came back and it was filled with weeds. 
And I'm thinking, what in the world just happened? I actually invested in this. It was nice and black. It was that nice black mulch. I'm thinking, it said 99% weed-free. Lies! Lies! The only thing I had when I got back was weeds. So my wife had a great idea. We didn't take any of it up. We just started throwing grass seed down. And grass has grown. I thought, man, this was all this was ever going to be was, you know, weeds and grass. Now we grass. But Tabitha planted all these pumpkins there. And this summer, this thing took off. And I don't know, we've got like 20 pumpkins or more. We have this, this and it becomes, everybody walks by and has just stopped and watched our pumpkin patch grow. And they're thinking, how in the world did you grow all those pumpkins? I have no idea. They literally took over this section that the only thing I thought could grow there was weeds. We literally had pumpkins. We had watermelons. We had um, cantaloupe. I was going to say antelope. We didn't have any antelope growing there, but we had cantaloupe. And it became this beautiful thing when before that moment, I was ready to just set it all on fire because I was mad. So I was struggling to be thankful because of these weeds. And then I became thankful that we had pumpkins and, and Nancy and, the, and the, the, the buddies there were going around taking pumpkins to the neighbors to bless the neighbors. Because we had the ability to turn this, this thing that beca- became an, was an eyesore to me into something beautiful that literally blessed our neighborhood. So you have to choose. Do you want to focus on the weeds or what God can transform these weeds into and create something beautiful? And that's where we have the, we have the ability. We have control. But I want to invite you. I don't know where your life is today. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I know this. You have the ability literally to shape the next days of your life by every thought that comes to your head. And so choose to fixate on the things that you can be thankful for. Choose to fixate on the things that you can give God glory for. Choose to fixate on the things that you can rejoice in God for. And see what God will do in this next week, in this next month, with the rest of your year, uh, with 2021, which is coming very soon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have so much to be thankful for. I am thankful for family. More than anything, I'm thankful for salvation. I am thankful, Jesus, that you um, saw fit to intersect my life when I was 16 years of age, that you, that you chose to challenge and change my life in such a way that set me on a path that I could never have imagined possible outside of your presence. I thank you for uh, challenging me to wait on you and blessing me with the wife you have. I thank you um, for children and grandchildren. I, I thank you for friends. I thank you for encounters of your presence in society that allow me to be a vessel, uh, a conduit of your presence to share your love and hope with other people. God, I am thankful for so many things. I pray that I never forget all the things that I have to be thankful for. 
Every time I dis- that I have this moment that I want to whine and complain, help me to, to fixate on the things that I can be thankful for. To pray without ceasing. To rejoice always. To always be thankful. And see what will happen with my life in the days to come. Thank you for what you're doing for me. For this church. For our community. For our world. We ask for this in your name. Amen. My challenge for you is very simple. Every day. Multiple times throughout the day. Anytime a thought comes to your mind that you want to whine and complain about. Choose to give God thanks instead. Ushers, if you'd come, we're going to wait upon you for a morning tithes and offering. Let us pray. Father, we thank you um, for your many blessings. We thank you for jobs. We thank you for uh, income that it gives us the ability to meet our needs of our families and also to be able to give, uh, Father, that portion that you've asked us to do in your church. And I pray today that you would continue to multiply it to meet the needs of this church and the kingdom of God, the different avenues that we have been focused on reaching. And uh, we just thank you for all that you're doing. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. While they're receiving that, um, before I dismiss you, I just want to let you know, uh, Debbie Brown, most of you know, had knee surgery uh, a little over, uh, just about a week, a little over a week ago. She is recovering well. Talked to her on Friday. She's actually moving much better. Um, but Debbie has been sensing, feeling this, this leading that God's wanting her to step down from leading our nursery ministry. And Debbie's done that for our whole time here. I don't, she's done it a number of years. Um, we need a new individual that has a burden and a love for, uh, for toddlers. Um, we are blessed with lots of toddlers in the church and more coming. And if you have a heart for toddlers, and this is a ministry, you would not be required to be up there every Sunday, but you would bring leadership to those that are volunteering and leading in those areas, or that are wanting to serve in those areas. If that is something that you have a heart for, I just would invite you to um, uh, talk with me. Um, we're, we're not sure when the transition is going to happen. Debbie's out for a few more weeks just recovering from knee uh, surgery. Um, but we, we know that this is something that we need to address now. And so please talk to me if it's something you have a heart for. Pray about it this week. And I, I believe God's going to lead the right individual that can help us uh, bring leadership to this area. It's a very valuable area in our church. And we're, uh, we're wanting the right person uh, to be involved in this. So uh, God bless you. Remember, if you're interested in uh, our Thanksgiving Day feed, please do um, be prepared to sign up. We'll have, you can um, put it on the crew app. You can send me a message on there. Well, next week we'll have a sign-up sheet out there over the next couple weeks. And so um, just be thinking about that. God bless you. Love on one another. Don't forget to pick up your Operation Christmas Child boxes uh, to be able to uh, get those ready for next week. God bless you.